What's up, everybody? Daryl Frater, the club CEO here, and we have another amazing episode of the My DJ Story podcast brought to you by the club app, the number one community for DJs to get paid for your live stream sets. Today, we have my brother Green LA here to tell his DJ story. Can you please introduce yourself to the people who you are and where you're from? Yeah, my name's Kevin. I'm actually from Chicago, and I've been DJing for about like uh, four years. Uh, you know, same thing as producing. Uh, I produce more technically than I DJ, but I have a set of uh, controllers here. And mainly what I produce more is like electronic music. So that's uh, more of what I do. Um, I have one song coming out. It's called Losing Time. And it has like original songwriting that was able to obtain. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. I I'm looking to some labels because I really want to. I have this one label called No Face. Um, they look, they are really welcoming, especially when I start on my one song. And yeah, hopefully I can get it signed by there by like next month because uh, I'm working on the song for like four months now. Awesome, man. That's super exciting, man. I'm really excited to hear your entire story in the DJ and producing industry, man. So talk to us. Tell us about the beginning days four years ago when you first got started as a DJ. What sparked your interest and why did you choose this path? I I really liked, uh, well, I started DJing because I really liked dance music. So I knew that like I wanted to like uh, do something like that. And uh, so I kind of like messed around and downloaded uh, some tracks from Napster just a while ago. I, I didn't even think Napster was still like that relevant, but like I heard you could download tracks from there, so I did. Um, and so I started DJing these like bootleg tracks, uh, just like because I wanted to learn to DJ in the first place. I didn't really know what the fuck I was doing, so then I, you know try my best to like beat match and like uh also mix and key because i know when like you can mix and key it it's a flows a lot more better and musically um so i like to do that um and then i i started this like my mom's like basement so i was just like kind of doing that i also found love production too it was like a mix between production and djing so I gave it both a try, and I think, like, today I have uh, an interview with Lucturn Chicago, so I'm really excited about that. Um, but it wasn't, like, a crazy story. Like, I hear a lot of, like, stories on this podcast, and it's actually pretty crazy because I feel like most of them are, like, raised from the 90s. I actually don't have any stories like that. I swear to God, you know, just in my bedroom DJ, and I've been a bedroom DJ for, like, as long as I can remember. I'm basically just trying my best to, like, go on to like uh clubs uh and then uh, this is one festival uh midwest plur i'm really looking to get into and then i know a buddy who went to north coast to perform but his slot time was really bad so hopefully that doesn't happen when i uh get an opportunity like to do that 
Well, that's super exciting, man. You know, you're early in your journey, but yet it's still an exciting journey that you're on. So we're super excited to just talk to you about what you've learned throughout the last four years of being a DJ and kind of what is your plan of action to kind of take you from the bedroom DJ to the club DJ that you want to be. So what are some like key lessons that you learned early on in your journey of getting started? And and what can our audience learn from you with your you know recent experience as a DJ? So, uh, I mean... I know that producing is a pretty big deal, especially in the city, uh, because in Chicago, there's a lot of artists. Like I was, I think three months ago, I was trying to get into the scene and I didn't realize it was a lot of artists uh, who like make their own music. And if you're just another DJ, they're going to kind of label you as another DJ. And I mean, I've been producing for a while, but like I know that some people will uh, DJ pretty big festivals uh, and they never really touched a DW ever so that kind of like isn't like the coolest when like you pretty much put your heart and soul into a production and it's so fun but like it's a lot more better when you have credibility into the production world I know that when you make your own music you will take you more seriously than if you don't yeah and that's basically one big thing to make your own music right now. Awesome. And, and talk to me a little bit more about the production side, because a lot of the DJs that I've interviewed on the show were more focused on the actual in-club, in-event DJing. So talk to us about, you know, how someone can take their first step into the production side. What kind of programs or software you need to get started and just where do they begin? Uh, I, I chose FL Studios, like Fruity Loops. Uh, and that's because it felt really easy. Like, I felt like you could... It was more of, like, the DW was a lot more easier to understand. And I opened up Ableton because I had Ableton because a buddy gave it to me for, like, 100 bucks, which really isn't that much because Ableton is, costs a lot of money. And so I opened it up, and it was really complicated. At first, I didn't really... It was, like, rocket science. I didn't understand what I was doing. But then I opened up FL Studio because I had one of their uh, producer editions. And it was a lot more, uh, it felt like a lot more easier in my opinion. And I feel like it just depends on what genre you want to produce. Like if you want to produce hip hop, uh, I, I definitely recommend to like get like a year or two of experience of making beats or any kind of like, uh, I know electronic music, like it's, I wouldn't say it's harder, but it's a lot more time. It's like, it's a lot more layers. Yeah, I know that when I started making dance music, I started making like, house music it house music was pretty simple to make uh and i know it took me like i think a year or two to like finally master like my crafts and house music so i think if you want to make dance music i definitely recommend you know easier genres but at the same time i it's frustrating but i do do just recommend just having fun with it i think i i haven't released any music to like three years in so i remember three years in i would like release my first song that's fully produced well mixed because mixing is just important and then mastering it so and all all of those three processes they they take a really long time to learn i mean it's i hate to say it but like i really thought that i could produce a track i didn't know anything about mixing i swear to god i understand what that was and i really wasn't i didn't really want to mastering too I, I don't understand that and I just sent it to a couple of labels and they're like dude this 
this is the kick is too hard. And so it was like punching through the roof. It was like one DB every single time I, I sent something. So I do recommend just having fun, like taking your time because it's going to take a while. And I think one thing that you noticed that, you know, you got feedback from these labels and you're able to make improvements based on that feedback. You know, that's a very important lesson that you learned and any DJs that are out there that are looking to improve on their skills, whether it's actual DJing or producing, make sure that you're speaking to people and getting legitimate feedback, candid feedback about your work. So you can constantly make improvements because that's the only way you're going to get better. You know, talk to me a little bit about after you, you know, were able to iterate and improve the, the one track that you were able to make and, and release it, you know, what's kind of the the goal from there? Are you working hard to push it out to get people to download it? Are you selling it? Are you just trying to get it published by a major label? What's the goal after you release that first great track? So uh, I have this one song, I said Losing Time, and I, I want to get it signed to my to a really uh, good label that I know uh, hosts by Max uh, Vangeli. And so the prime thing is to just like get exposure. I don't want people to buy my song because I, nobody knows me enough to like say, hey, buy this Green LA track. Uh, maybe, on, maybe on Beatport because I know uh, Beatport, you're allowed to like download the song, pay for it, and DJs will spin your song either on sets or like on their bedroom and they'll live stream it. I think that's a pretty good idea, but I think mostly you can just send it uh, to a radio show on your own and give it your own download link. So the main thing is just to get as much exposure as I can. So I have a campaign for four weeks and I, I just get as many pre-saves uh, on that Spotify uh, link. And what that does is the first week of Spotify once it's out and the more pre-saves it has it will trigger the algorithm to say hey a lot of people are, uh, want this song because it's pre-saved and it's pre-saved by like I don't know maybe like 50 or 60 people so that gives you more of that like spark and then when it's released it would already be in people's libraries and if you get uh, out and people listen to it it could be on uh, Discover Weekly and I, I, I know there's like some dance categories that if it's on it, it could possibly like blow up and that my point isn't to like have my song blow up but it's to get like 50,000 or 100,000 of I can streams I think that's kind of like my goal so it's pretty much just to get ex as much exposure as I can as an artist um, right now yeah, that's really good to point out, man. It's not just about putting out good music. It's also about your distribution and how do you get people to hear it? So you have to know the marketing and the technology side of these algorithms and these platforms that you're putting them on. Because if you don't get the exposure, no one hears your great music. You're not going to be able to benefit tremendously from it. So that's really good that you have an understanding of like the Spotify algorithm and just how to get exposure for your music. You know, what other tips or tricks do you have for people that are putting out music on how they can get distribution or exposure for their music? Are you running like any advertisements or doing any special partnerships or working with influencers? You know, what are some things that you're doing or plan to do to get your music out there to people so they can hear and you can benefit from it? Besides the label, um, I, w I have like visuals for like, I'll have like a 30 second music video or like a 30 second visual and then I would, I would run Facebook ads, um, maybe Instagram ads. And then I would also look into, uh, what's it called? Pitching my track to playlists on 
a couple of third-party websites. So it's not like, and I usually don't pay for these. I usually just like email them the, I go ahead and email the creator of that, uh, that playlist. I say, hey, you know, I'm an artist and I want to, I think this track really fits your category of like gaming or, or whatever. And then I send them the link and if they like it, they will put it, uh, the song on their uh, playlist. Uh, after that, I think the label really takes care of that. So that's, I think that's the biggest thing if I'm being honest. Most of the time I get my, my most people will get the music heard by the label they get signed. Um, but if you can't, like I said, if you can't do a label, then yeah, I, I think my, one of my buddies spent $500 on campaigns and so did I at some point. I spent like $500, $600 just trying my best to like get my song out there. The thing is, is that if you buy a playlist, if you buy onto playlists, it's, I think like three, four months ago, Spotify was like removing a ton of music because it wasn't like, because if you buy the categories that you want to be on, it's like they know that and then they will remove, uh, I don't know, I don't think they, they would remove your song. That's what they did to mine. They removed my song. And it, it's fucking, it sucked. It really did. So I was, I, I didn't want to re-upload it again. I mean, it wasn't, it was already kind of like, I don't know how to get it back. And honestly, the mix on that song wasn't good. So I might as well just take it off. So I could down, uh, make new music and then actually perfect my craft and then do just again uh, professionally. So I think just like, just be careful on like what you're buying into. That's number one. Uh, run ads, get pre-saves, um, and then try your best to like get a label, but like you don't have to, if I'm being honest. You don't have to get on the label, especially nowadays since the internet really is like a tool that artists can like use to empower what they want to do. If you have like 10, 15 friends to like help you out, promote it as much as you can, or get on blogs, because I know that blogs don't seem like a big deal to like the fans maybe but if you get a write-up from a blog that's a really big uh thing and i see a lot of dance artists that i know that they were like just like me and then they got written up by a couple of blogs and then labels started taking them a bit more seriously so that's if you can try your best to like i think get an mpk i think that's what it's called so you pretty much get an email and you write out who you are you send it out to blogs or you send it out to labels, they get back to you. If they, and if it's, it looks professional enough, they will probably get you right up by a blog and then go from there um, and then get your song a little bit more credibility and then you could get a little bit more streams. Yeah, no, that's really good advice, man. I think that all DJs and producers and people that are working in the music industry should have their EBPK together. That's the ele electronic press kit. You need to make sure that you have your professional resume for this industry ready so you can send out to labels. And we at the club have resources that can help you build out your EPK and other material to help you build your resume as a DJ or producer or someone working in music. So anyone that's looks, looking forward to doing that, just reach out to me and I'll be able to connect you with the right people. And Kevin, thank you for, for sharing that piece about, you know, putting your song on 
Spotify and it getting removed. I think that it's super important for people to understand the risk that come with using certain strategies to get distribution and getting views. So you want to just be mindful of some of the things that people have done that have gotten their uh, accounts removed, banned, or just restricted from being able to have growth. So um, thank you for sharing that. It's very helpful for people that are looking to get more exposure to make sure they don't fall into the same um, traps or, or issues that that you ran into, man. So talk to me about, you know, where do you go from here? You know, you've been producing music, you've been doing a little bit DJ here and there, you know, what is the focus for you today? And how can myself and our audience help and support you? I guess just like, I, I, I kind of have like, um, firstly, I need to release the song that I'm working on for four months. Uh, after that, I, like I said, I was looking into, into the scene. So my best thing that I really want to do besides music is like play at shows. That's like been my biggest thing. That's basically one of the reasons why I got into this. Not just because I don't love music. I love making music, but I think that I'd be, like I've, I've been dying to play a show so so bad so um just like listening to my music i think would be really helpful it's not like and then taking care of shows i think is like i can do that on my side i th- i think one of the biggest things when you want to be an electronic dj is you want to produce i, I kind of have this like three triangle thing that i kind of made up on my own it's like you want to produce you want a DJ and you want a network because networking, dude, I swear to God, it can like get you to like a bedroom DJ and it can get you to like, I know this one kid, he, he uh, put a song on SoundCloud and I'm going to meet him this uh, summer because I'm going to Punta Cana to meet the label in like August. Uh, and a bunch of us from France, uh, Canada and all around the world we're going to this label called No Face it's a really good label and I'm glad I'm, I'm a part of it but the point is this kid he put his song on SoundCloud Max Vangeli uh, heard his track for no I, I don't know I, I don't understand how just out of nowhere he he thought this kid was sounded good uh, he put his song on Slushy's DJ set which is like already a pretty big deal. He flew the kid out to Punta Cana where the label is. He was able to stay there and they were able to network. They liked the kid. They signed the kid. And it was like, if he didn't put that track out, his life would not, he wouldn't be where he is right now. So it's like, it's a pretty big deal that like he was just able to get discovered. Now, a lot of people won't get discovered like that. That was just a really happy coincidence which is really cool. Um, so I think the biggest thing is networking. If you're able to like help, uh, talk to promoters, venue owners, other artists, it, it, it can really help your career. And also don't use them. Like they're people too. I think uh, having a relationship, like an actual relationship with them is a really big deal because you can make music with the artists that you're collaborating with them. Like maybe they make house music or progressive house music like I'll make and then we could collab and then, uh, yeah. So I think that's a pretty big deal. I think that's dope, man, that you pointed that out and putting your music out there, putting out your best effort to network is how you get your next opportunity, whatever they may be. And the thing is, you never know the outcome, but I know for a fact, if you don't put it out there, 
it's never going to get seen. You're never going to have that opportunity. It's going to take you to the next level. So definitely make sure you follow my Kevin's friend, you know, example and just put your stuff out there because you never know what's going to happen and it could happen to you next. But you have to put yourself out there, take risks and really put yourself out there so you can network and possibly get these opportunities, man. Kevin, this has been a really great interview. I really appreciate what you have shared with us today. You know, one thing I wanted to dive into before we went into our lightning round is, you know, how'd you get your name? How'd you pick your name? Um, And talk to us about what it means with your branding. Dude, I don't even know. I just put two and two together. I thought of green and then I thought my favorite city, LA. I kind of just like worded it out and I put green LA. Like it has no meaning, I swear to God. I love it, man. It's awesome, brother. And it's super generic and just really something that's going to be able to build its own meaning as you grow as an artist. So great job to you. And at this time, we're going to jump into the lightning round. Are you ready? Sure. Describe your DJ setup, hardware and software. Uh, Very minimal. I produce all my music on a laptop. Who's your favorite DJ? Uh, A-Track. What has been your favorite party or event you've DJed at and why? I guess right now, today at, at a nightclub. And uh, who's the most interesting person you've met through DJing? Um, Mazwa. Yeah, that's it. What's one thing that you think is missing from live streaming for DJs? Um, I don't think anything. Sometimes they get pretty fucking sick visuals. And I think just like communicating more a little bit. And shout out to DJs that you know personally whose stories also need to be shared on this podcast. Um, let's see. Uh, I know a lot of my friends are like pretty up and do Winex maybe. Awesome, He's pretty good Detroit DJ. Yeah, look, we look forward to hearing his story. Just send him an invite in. Any DJs that are interested in being on the show, they can sign up at djsignup.com. And brother, where can people find you online or even in person if you're still doing events? Uh, Well, I'm in Chicago. And then my Instagram handle is uh, GreenLA, like G-R-E-E-N-N-E-L-A-Y. Awesome. This is great, man. We really appreciate you being on the My DJ Story podcast learned a lot from your journey and we're looking forward to seeing more out of you as we build a relationship with myself and the club and our whole community of DJs, man. So thank you for being here. We enjoy your time. All right, dude. Thank you.